You're now listening to a new episode of Gratitude Through Hard Times. Gratitude instills humility. Gratitude removes ego. Gratitude helps empower the best in others around you. Our goal is to guide individuals and companies to practice gratitude so you can live a longer, happier, and more successful life. Get ahead of life with connection and purpose. This is Gratitude Through Hard Times with Chris Shembra. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Gratitude Through Hard Times. If you are a loyal listener to this podcast, you may be retuning into this podcast for the first time since our name change. You probably remember this podcast being called 747 Conversations. Don't worry, you've come back to the right place. I know a lot of you listeners out there who are founders, CEOs, great leaders that keep on tuning in to hear the stories of some amazing people, of how they got to where they are today and the companies that they built along the way. We thank you for your loyal listenership. Some of my favorite moments on a weekly basis is when you email in your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns from this week's episode guests. So keep them coming. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. We're glad to have you. I don't know how you got here. It always amazes me, but we're glad you're in the right spot. You have tuned into a conversation that I hope will teach you a little bit of a positive mental attitude, will make you feel less alone, and will give you a little bit of permission to let you know you're in the right place at the right time. Just keep doing your work. We encourage you to look back through our podcast episode archives and check out the many episodes we've done bringing on some of the world's great leaders to share their gratitude stories. If you look through the archives, you'll see Fortune 500 CEOs, Academy Award winners, Grammy Award winners, Super Bowl champions, and more. We invite you to click that subscribe button, and if you hear anything you agree with today, you send this episode to someone who needs to hear this message. Today, We've got a pretty good one in store for you. My name's Chris Shembra, and I'm broadcasting live from our home office here in Brooklyn, New York City. We've been in Brooklyn for the last couple months, but I, I tend to like the neighborhood. It's quiet, it's tree-filled, and if you ever come to visit the city, I want you to look me up. Today, we're bringing on a dear friend. This is a friend that I literally just spent the entire day with just a couple days ago in Atlanta, Georgia. I was asked by Entrepreneurs Organization of Atlanta to come down and give a talk on the obstacles of ingratitude. And I let a lot of my friends know that I was in town. One of them said, I'd like to come hear you speak. That's how curious of a leader this person is. My dear friend, Allison Hare. Now, Allison and I met a... Uh, a number of years ago in the middle of the pandemic, and we've quickly developed a really good friendship. Why? Because she is a curious, question-asking, pod host, podcast-hosting, change-making late learner herself. She went from a long career in corporate America, over 20 years as a sales professional with some of the great uh, software companies 
on the planet. You've heard of them. They're in the bio below, but she was a sales leader at them all. At the age of 40, she had a series of life-altering experiences, and she couldn't unsee what came up in those experiences. She's going to talk about some of those experiences on the call, but what it led her to do is leave corporate America and build out a whole portfolio of amazing human connection-based experiences, retreats, workshops, dance studios, podcasts. Her podcast, Late Learner, was named Atlanta Magazine's top podcast for 2022 and is ranked 1.5% globally with over 170 episodes. With some of your favorite people, Seth Godin, Jesse Itzler, Heather Monahan, and a three-time repeat performer, Chris Shembra. <laughs> Folks, I can tell you my favorite episodes of podcasts I've ever recorded on other people's podcasts are with Allison Hare. She's a great question asker. She's a creator of safe spaces and no topic is, is off limits. Today, I invite you to grab a glass of wine, grab a cup of coffee, whatever you need to do and strap in for a wonderful conversation as we talk about the power and the beauty that can come through the, the art of late learning and how you can become a force for good in our world, no matter what your age is. Allison, welcome to the podcast. What an intro. Thank you, Chris. I'm so <laughs> excited to be here. This is very strange for me. The tables have turned. I'm the one being interviewed where you are usually in the hot seat for me. <laughs> what do you like the most about interviewing others? And what do you hate the most about being interviewed by others? Mm. Um, I love how interesting people are. Um, I think, especially the people, so I have a little bit of a different, I, I operate very much on gut on, uh, like there are certain people that will ask to be on my podcast and for some reason it's just not ringing a bell for me, you know, and I don't, I know that if I'm, if I'm going to have somebody on my show, um, if I'm excited about them, my audience will be excited about them. And that is that. And usually what I find is that the moment I start peeling an onion, it becomes amazing. <laughs> you know, like there's always so many layers to, um, to learning about people and people just want to be heard and seen. And, um, and I just love, I love the opportunity to help people change perspectives and learn about something or learn a new angle about something that they had never figured out before. So that's the answer to question one. Question two, what do I least like about being interviewed? Mm -hmm. I don't know, when I sound like a dummy. <laughs> uh, name me a moment in your life where you've ever sounded like a dummy, and I will challenge you on it. Um, Okay, I'll tell you one. So when I, I have a degree in broadcasting, and when I was in college, I was looking for an unpaid internship. I went to college in New Jersey. I wanted, I was looking for an unpaid internship at MTV. So I go to MTV Studios. I see uh, famous people. Uh, it was just so exciting. And so they had some 
little thing that they were building for like pop culture and celebrity and all of this stuff. And I remember them saying, um, you know, about like being on top of what's going on with pop culture and celebrities and all that stuff. And they had mentioned that Madonna's pregnant. And I said, oh, Madonna's pregnant. And that was the end of that. And they pushed me out. (laughs) That was it. Uh, So I completely cannibalized my own... um, my own opportunity to do that. So yeah, I don't like uh, feeling stupid. Madonna's pregnant. (laughs) That was way back with Lourdes. I mean, that was a long time ago. But isn't it interesting that what got you fired back then of this, or- I didn't get fired. I just got ushered out. What lost you the opportunity (laughs) back then was that you quite simply- mirrored or repeated the headline of the day. So here's what I mean by that. Mirroring is a, and for all the leaders uh, that have worked with us at our gratitude experiences, know that we teach this at our gratitude experiences, um, as does Chris Voss in his book, Never Split the Difference, How to Negotiate as If Your Life Depends on It. Chris Voss defines mirroring Uh, or uses mirroring as a tool to create more meaningful connection. There is a neuro, uh, there is a neurological um, impact that happens when you're in conversation with someone else and you just repeat the last three words of the sentence they just spoke, they feel like you've listened to them authentically. They feel like you've heard the sentence that, that they just said. So what got you ushered out the door, <laughs> Madonna's pregnant? You're giving me too much credit. I should is, have known that. <laughs> but is actually what you use very well as a podcast technique today. You mirror people's stories. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're giving me a little too much credit. I really should have known and I didn't know. And was a totally different person back then than I am now. But just the but but I just think the uh, I just think it's funny that the 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 thing that once got you in trouble is also now the thing that helps you out so much is just being a good mirror of whatever is happening. Well, thank you. I received that. Thank you to all our listeners out there. You, um, I know you're all really voracious readers. And I've not talked about Chris Boss's book enough on this podcast and the impact that it's meant to me. Uh, But for those of you who are trying to negotiate anything in your life, um, please go read Never Split the Difference, How to Negotiate as If Your Life Depends on It. It is a book all about tactical empathy, how to use empathy to get what you want in your business, in your life, whatever. Um, now, Allison, we um, we usually start every podcast with the same question. And so before we go deeper into our conversation, I want to take a brief aside and ask your signature gratitude question. For those of you um, who are tuning into our podcast for the first time, I started asking our signature gratitude question on July 15th, 2015. 
Since then, we've used this question to spark over 500,000 relationships around our dinner table, at big conferences, at our virtual gratitude experiences. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask Allison today. Allison, if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, that you've never thought to thank, who would that be? You know, I have been part of your gratitude experiences. And the answer in my head has always been a bad boss that I had. But I was in the experience last week when I got to see you speak. And the answer was me. And uh, I, I tend to give a lot of thanks and give a lot of credit to other people around me. Um, it feels a little bit self-indulgent. I have to admit, I feel a little bit guilty saying I'm the one who I don't give a lot of thanks to, but it genuinely is true and something that I um, personally struggle with a lot is that I tend to give a lot of my power away or at least, um, no, I don't know if it, yeah. I think it's more ex- looking for external validation and and assuming because I'm not further along and maybe some of the entrepreneurs that are listening to this will will resonate with this, but in my head, or at least I've noticed patterns that if I'm not further along, I don't have the right to trust me yet. And so I tend to go to a lot of experts, but in the process, I give up my own power. And so I think part of the work is like the discernment of where I do have the power and kind of dialing back into it versus giving it away. So I would say my answer is me. I'm learning. I'm a late learner. You're a late learner. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to what it means to be a late learner in, in just a mm-hmm. little bit. But where do you think society went wrong in trying to villainize people wanting to give gratitude to themselves? Not villainize, but you know, it's what a what a what an interesting, interesting thing that we as a society as a whole are so bad at giving gratitude to ourselves. What, what stands in our way of doing that? I would think culturally or the first thing that comes to my mind, and especially as a female, you know, like being raised to always say please and always say thank you. And and you always want to stay humble. And that also has biblical origins of you know, never being boastful, always being humble, give gratitude to God, to universe, whatever it is. So I would imagine it's probably wrapped up in a lot of that of just, of, of, uh, I think there has been a little bit of a shift to, you know, if, if we're talking very biblical of the, whether it is interpretation of the Bible or even understanding, or at least the reframe of if God is inside of us, is that okay? And so I think there is a, a big villainization of being too boastful or too, you know, you're, you're taught, do you remember the word conceited? Nobody uses it as an adult, but like in a high school, you would say that person's conceited. <laughs> That's kind of where it started. But I think it, you're called out to be too boastful. And I think, um, it, you know, I think there is, has been a shift in culture of understanding where your strengths are. You know, I would rather operate in my strengths than try and strengthen my weaknesses all day long. And so if operating in your strengths is 
I don't know if being boastful or just being confident in your abilities and where you can serve in the highest good. I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a conversation worth re-exploring or at least rethinking. What do you think? Good try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keeping this on you. Mm. Good try. It doesn't matter what I think today. <laughs> you can ask me about what I think on your podcast. Okay. That'll be next time. <laughs> now, one of the things that you've been, uh, that you were also mentioning in that answer was the idea of not being at the place that you want to be at in life mm-hmm. or entrepreneurs, you know, never feeling like they're at the place that they want to be at in life. Um, we, we call that the I'll be grateful when mm-hmm. syndrome. Um, it's very easy when you have big goals and big dreams and big impact and big change that you want to make in our world to measure your progress or happiness or gratitude based on if you've done that or not. And it's kind of a binary situation. You've either hit that life-changing impact, goal, revenue, headcount, investment, whatever, or you haven't. It's a yes or a no. And so we convince ourselves, oh, I'll be grateful when dot, dot, dot in the future um, without actually being grateful along the way. Um, And the people that are listening to this podcast, a lot of you have written in um, to talk about your journey. And a lot of you have written in that you compare your success to the success of others. And that leads to perpetual ingratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just because one person, one company's goals are different than the goals of another company doesn't mean that we're not all going through the exact same ingratitude, which is the I'll be grateful when syndrome. So my question to you right now, Allison, is um, in order to to take an inventory of what you've got going on right now in your life, what do you have in your life right now as an entrepreneur that you could be grateful for um, authentically? So this, uh, this is like cutting deep into the heart right now. And I'll, uh, if I can, I can tell you a story. Yes. You know, I have been in technology sales for over 20 years and um, I was raised by a woman that um, was a stay-at-home mom and my father was the breadwinner. And she told me every single day, she told me and my sisters, never rely on a man to make money, always make your own. And that was born out of her own um, choices that she was regretting that she did not make, you know? And so um, she she struggled a lot of her life and and died almost penniless, you know, and, and sick. And so I always took that and said, I've got to work, I've got to produce, I've got to earn. And my value was truly wrapped around my productivity, my earning, my ability to stand on my own two feet without a man, without whatever it is, you know, like it, it is me and I'm capable and I'm just going to run at it. And, you know, when I left my corporate career um, and it was such an incredible leap of faith because it wasn't, you know, like just leave and, you know, like, don't worry about it. It was, holy shit. Can I say shit? <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
Good. Okay. So it was like, holy shit, I have no plan. You know, I have this podcast that I've had for four years and I love it. I love it so, so much. Can I make a run at it? So I went from like being, you know, a high earner, you know, or well into the six figures to being a hundred air, honestly. And, you know, like just being very real and figuring out where do I go from here? So it was an insane leap of faith. And I took three months, you know, where I, I made the decision, I'm not going to make any decisions for as for the foreseeable future until I can finally hear my own voice. Because my voice was telling me, you better do something. You better figure this out. You better earn money. You know, I, I, the whole world is going to come crashing down. And Chris, you talked about this, like, you know, I think it was before we were recording that a lot of entrepreneurs think I have to do this now or else all the rest of this is gone. And so I took space and time and that time and space went into exploring some, you know, conventional methods and some really unconventional ones to figure it out. And that looked like two 12-hour walks with no cell phone or technology or audio, whatever. You know, I did psychedelic-assisted therapy and, um, you know, solo overnight hikes, like stuff I never would have done just to be quiet enough to hear my own voice. And what I learned is that some of it is actually working and some of it is unwinding that value and productivity um, because it is so deeply ingrained in me. And now it is, you know, like the the message is how do I how do I be quiet enough to know that I have the answers already? I don't even remember what your question was. Hopefully I answered it within it. But um, but yeah, that's what I'm working on now. That's the work. The um the original question was about what are you grateful for in your life right oh, now? I'm grateful for freedom. And, I'm grateful for freedom. You 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 ended up answering it um, by, I, I think, uh, committing to one of the biggest things that's missing in this world, which is rest, pause, and reflection, and giving yourself space for that. In the hundreds of gratitude experiences we've produced, putting tens of thousands of people through our programs, the number one uh, most written testimonial. Um, at the end of our experiences, because we collect three to four sentence testimonials um, at the end of our experiences, the number one most written thing is this was a space for me to pause, reflect, and connect. Mm. And isn't it funny that if you pause, reflect, and connect, could you actually become more successful by having clarity instead of just running? really fast towards something that's a complete distraction from where you need to go? I have to say that one of the biggest lessons over the past, it's not even been a year yet, but the more I run, the harder I run, the harder I get yanked back. It's kind of like a leash on a dog, you know, that you try and you give them as much leash as you can, but at some point it's going to be yanked back when they're going the wrong direction. And you know, when I when I uh, start getting in in my head of like I've got to earn a certain amount, you know, I've got to do something, I've got to figure this out, and it's almost like I'm 
trying to microwave something that requires baking, you know, and I'm trying to microwave it and go, I'm so type A, you know, like as hard as I possibly can. And, you know, I had the, I guess, flexibility when I had a, you know, kind of a solid corporate job and had a little bit, had this podcast, like I could, you know, I tried to start things on the side. I did start things on the side and I would just run directly into a wall and just redirect and, you know, start again, find a new wall and, you know, like hoping for one that had an actual door in it. And so that, that was kind of, um, my MO, but I think now it it is, um, it, it's, the more I, the harder I run, the harder I work and try and force something, uh, the harder I try and force an unnatural timeline, um, I, I get yanked back every time. And I feel it in my entire body. Whereas before I just would power and muscle through, but it would just, it would just be to no avail. And I think, you know, the moment I let it be easy or at least go where there is less resistance for, certain things, you know, like I'm multi-talented and in certain ways, multi-passionate. And I have some, you know, a few very identified talents and skills. So I can do a lot of things with that. So a lot of times I'll get ideas or opportunities will pop up and I'll say, sure. And some of it feels right. Some of it really doesn't. And it's kind of exploring that of, of I could do a lot of things, but at what cost? And the cost was my mental health. And, you know, the cost before was, um, you know, like my husband would come and find me slumped over the keyboard crying and be like, what is going on? And I just was trying to pull it together for the day, you know, and, uh, and it, it just, you know, I could fake it for so long. And, you know, I really thought I, I could live in that world and I could do very well. But uh, as it, went on, it just became where I just couldn't. And I, I maybe it was just the level of burnout was so deep, um, which I guess in retrospect is what it felt like. But the burnout was very, very real. And at this point, I'm trying to figure out um, how to move forward in a way that feels a little more authentic and aligned. Um, but I think that money and prosperity and all of those things do not have to be exclusive to doing something that I hate, you know, and doing something that I love and feels right. And it's just finding the right combination and giving myself enough, you know, freedom if I can uh, in space to figure out and listen to my body. By the way, I'm grateful that you ran into those doors or ran into those walls and I'm grateful that you had those moments slumped over the keyboard. And I'm grateful that you have sacrificed such um, challenging, challenging times because it seems to now be going in a tremendous direction. I mean, it was only just a couple months ago that you were named the top podcast by Atlanta Magazine. I mean, that's got to show a ton for itself. That's I'm super feel proud good. of that. Super grateful for You're, that. Now, that was amazing. I, and I've watched your challenges, uh, your 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 change in directions. I should say, um, you know, from from uh, from from close by. Your podcast used to be called Culture Changers. Yeah. Now it's called Late Learners. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this new direction and where do you want to take this podcast and 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 your series of 
retreats and workshops and coaching and everything else under the sun. Yeah, I went to um, this past August. So I had already left my job and I'd gone to Podcast Movement, which is the largest podcast conference in the world. A lot of big heavy hitters there. And I thought, my goodness, I have this time and space. What could I do? Can I make a run at this podcast in a way, excuse me, that I can make, you know, a real living? Sorry, you can cut that out. Hopefully. Um, I was just coughing um, as I hit mute. And so I went to this um, this conference and I was like, okay, so I made a list of some of the podcast networks that I would love to be affiliated with, associated with, collaborate with, be on. And um, when I went up, you know, to meet some of those people and see some of the executives, I completely shrank. And the reason why I shrank is because I didn't know how to succinctly describe who I am, what my value is, what the podcast was about, even though I'd done it for three and a half years. And the truth is, when I started the podcast, it was always about um, you know interviewing people whose work broke convention and changed how the rest of us live. You know, it was changing a culture, which is what I was so fascinated and interested by, and had you know just I, I wanted to have these important conversations in a way that had a, a platform that could spread, and that spread would look like you know people hearing Chris Shembra on the podcast and going did you hear what that guy said? (laughs) You know, and having that conversation in their own communities and really changing the discussion. But when I left the corporate world, what I found is that I documented a lot of it on the podcast um, and some of the crazy stuff that I did. And what I found is people were leaning all the way in going, what is this girl going to do next? And when I left, people would come in droves saying, oh my God, I wish I could leave. I wish I could leave. I'm so proud of you. It's so brave. You know, so they were like leaning all the way in and saying, how can I do this? And so I I found that the podcast episodes that did the best were the ones that were really personal. You know, like they were the ones about setting proper boundaries or, you know, understanding. It was more like self-discovery than, you know, hearing about a great founder, you know, that, that was changing hunger. You know, it was very strange to kind of see the evolution. So culture changers no longer fit. And I couldn't fig- figure out how to explain it. You know, nobody's Googling, how do I become a culture changer? And so I hired a branding agency um, and, to figure out like, what do I do with this? How do I make this into a real business. I love the podcast. I love these conversations. I feel like they're making a huge impact and the people that are listening are really like they use it as therapy, you know, and I get feedback on it. Um, and I, I'm, I'm so grateful for that as well. And um, I went to a branding agency and kept doing all these workshops on it. And I met some woman and she said, you know, um, you need to talk to my friend, Stacy. She's an intuitive brand expert. And I'm like, oh, what? And she said, she's an intuitive brand expert. And the truth about me is if you put the word intuitive in anything, I'm buying it. And so I got on a call um, with this woman and in two minutes flat, she's like, 
I know what you are. You're a late learner. You're a late bloomer. Somebody that, you know, is continuously learning. You are never satiated. You always want, it doesn't matter what age you are, but you're doing all of this stuff in like a state of wonder, you know, and figuring out like turning wonder to wisdom. And I was like, oh my God. And that was it. So I rebranded at the beginning of this year. And, uh, and here we go. Here we go. I mean, I could tell you that I've got everything mapped out and it's all perfect. I don't. I'm just, you know, building the plane as I'm flying it <laughs> and, uh, and figuring out what works and, and letting go of what doesn't. How have the feedbacks been different since the rebrand than when it was Culture Changers? I would say it's easier to talk to other people. It's easier to get on other podcasts where they, you know, can like, oh yeah, late learner. Yeah, I've always been a late bloomer too. And so, or, you know, like leaving my job, people will ask about that. So I think from a marketing perspective, I don't know that the content has really changed. It's still kind of the same podcast. It's just evolved and it has a name to kind of reflect the evolution and the direction of it. And so, you know, if, if the DNA of it has this sense of wonder and this curiosity, you know, like the other backside of it is, you know, what's possible when you do something new, when you take a new direction. And so, you know, my mission has always been, if you feel like you're stuck, it doesn't mean that you have to quit your job and become a dance fitness instructor like I did, you know, after having no dance background before, you know, that's not it at all. But I think part of it is like taking a new path, taking a pivot, taking a new direction. And that could be very small. That could be, you know, like getting in the habit. It's almost like atomic habits, but atomic habits that are new like something fresh, something innovative. So maybe that is taking a fitness class that you normally wouldn't or saying yes to something you would have skipped or even just taking a new path to work in the morning and, you know, or even allowing, I think this is really hard for people and and myself too, is like giving yourself permission to walk out your door with no direction at all and just see what you find. You know, Chris and I, we, we experience this, the unplanned plans. Yeah, I'm a big fan of unplanned plans of like, what happens if you gave yourself an hour and just had no plans for it and just walked out your door and saw who you saw, met who you met, you know, maybe walked into a shop where you found something that could totally change your life just because of that spontaneity or something new. Like breaking out of the routines is really the answer to everything that if you feel stuck, it's just finding a new routine or breaking out and just shaking things up opens possibilities all over the place. And having that sense of wonder, you know, uh, kind of invites something new that um, if you're kind of stuck in an overpacked schedule, it's hard. So it requires some effort. It requires some intention and thought on it. The, um, the episode of Unplanned Plans that Allison was just talking about occurred in, in Atlanta this so weekend. so fun. Allison took me to her favorite tea spot. Just add honey. You can get it online. Just add a honey.net. Yes. Just add honey.net. And boy, such delicious tea. (laughs) And we're sitting out there in their garden. The sun is beaming down and my airplane leaves in an hour or something. 
and we both of us, Allison and I, look to our left and we see some lime and bird scooters. And it's it's you know the the T spot is right along the belt line. And she looks at me and she says, "I'm not doing unplanned plan." I said, "What? You want to go ride some scooters? Let's do it." And so the two of us go and ride some scooters. I've got heels on. I've got sparkly oh, heels. She's got sparkly <laughs> heels. We're going. We're going actually near where my friends Cat and Daly live. We're rolling down the Belt Line. I'm taking in all these new things, and um, it's firing all these new things in my brain that I didn't expect to fire that day. You know, I thought I would leave my keynote speech with Danielle Laughlin and Entrepreneurs Organization, and then I'd get in a car and go to the airport, and I'd drink a beer at the airport, and I'd get on my plane. But what Allison did through unplanned adventure was open up my brain to think about cat and daily skateboarding, bird and lime scooters, the power of mobility. My buddy who started a mobility company elsewhere, I got to reach back in touch with it. It reminded me of a thousand different things that I could possibly reach out to people saying I was thinking of you on that day. And it expanded my mind. It was unbelievable. All can I birth. can I share can I share my perspective on you? Yeah. So here's what's so cool about this. And this <laughs> is like one of my favorite, favorite things is that a lot of times we feel like our energy is so finite, you know, like I remember just completely burning down and just running out of energy. Um, and, you know, like even during the day, a lot of times have that midday swoop, you know, <clears throat> but I think because of watching Chris and like it, Chris is familiar with where we were, but I started to like share some of the history by it. And so I'm finding myself completely wound up and lit up from the inside. I could see Chris is lit up from the inside. He's totally getting in the spirit where I was like, you know, we probably should leave. He's like, let's go get a beer. And so he goes, he's like, I bet there's really fine beer at this place, you know? And so we went, we found a fire pit, there were people there that were, you know, from out of town as well. So we're chatting them up. Like you just don't know what happens. And it was, it was, I just was flying the rest of the day and you were literally flying because you were getting on a plane, but it just, I think there are just little miracles in just the, the wonder of like, what can we do? But I loved seeing Chris getting so lit up about, uh, you know, like, hey, why not try this? Or, hey, I noticed that there is some funky graffiti here. Let's go look at it, you know? And it was just really fun to witness that and be part of it for you. It was regenerating I, energy. I appreciate that, Allison. It's, um, it's the energy that if you spend enough time around Allison Hare, you will find yourself. <laughs> and so as we start to close out this podcast, I want to invite our listeners uh, to join Allison on her journey. Um, what she brings out in me and my joyous wonder is no accident. She brings it out in every one of her guests and everybody that she works with, and dances with, and leads retreats for, and all these kind of beautiful things. So check out everything she's got going out in the show notes below. Um, she's got a wonderful retreat coming up in Atlanta, Georgia. She's got a lot of really cool things. You got to check out her Late Learner podcast. It's the top podcast in Atlanta. Um, definitely a really neat thing. Um, but she brings out this 
this uh, this this wondrous charm in us all. Um, Allison, do you have any last words in closing? I so appreciate your time and your kind words. This was always a joy. My pleasure. Folks, um, you heard Allison's story. It's never too late to learn something new. It's never too late to start again. And oftentimes what's separating us from living into our true potential is just taking a pause, a step back and giving ourselves some authentic gratitude. All of you on this podcast, I know can relate. Um, so thank you for tuning in to this episode. Again, if you like what, what you heard here today, I encourage you to share this episode with, with your friends. Next time you're in Atlanta, give, give Allison a call. And um, I can promise you, you will be in for an entertaining day. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. I hope you all having a phenomenal day on earth. Remember, folks, it's your world. Go explore. And we'll see you next episode.